0: Welcome to another exciting podcast episode of The Decline and Fall of America. I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the great Misty Beyond. Today we have a fascinating subject for discussion. We're going to be talking about the downsides of having an athlete on a traveling team in your family. So let's make a distinction right at the start here. There are two kinds of sports teams for children under the age of 18 in America. There are recreational teams, those typically sponsored by your school districts, sometimes by private organizations and often, often by your school districts. So school districts, park districts, private organizations called recreational teams. These recreational teams play competitive sports, but they only do it in the geographic area that you live in. Occasionally for playoffs, they might go you know, a little further out a couple hours away. But for the most part, recreational teams teach, train, and play their sports locally locally then there's what's called the traveling teams that's what we're going to be talking about today traveling teams as the name suggests are almost always run by private organizations and they travel all across the country so if your kids are on traveling teams my opinion god help you because there is if normal family life is not possible if you have a kid on a traveling team it's not just me saying that this is the Atlantic Monthly newspaper. Actually, it's a magazine, the Atlantic Monthly magazine, and it has an article that I'm going to be reading and then talking about today, and it's all about how having a child on a traveling team, meaning under the age of 18, playing on one of these teams that travels all over, all over the country sometimes, every weekend after weekend after weekend, can destroy a family, and not just one family, but many families. Now, I am biased. I will say this up front. My kids, I have four of them, all played on recreational teams, and they all made varsity in high school, had a great time with it. I'm an athlete, and they're athletes, and my wife's an athlete, so we're very proud of the fact that our kids played recreational sports. Uh, So I think that's great, you know, but traveling teams we would not do. We would not do because we recognized not only was it expensive, but it would make having a normal family life completely impossible. And so we didn't do it. But I did observe the families that did do traveling teams in many cases, but not all. It wrecked the families. That's what this article is about. So I'm going to read you the article. You draw your own conclusions. There's been an increase in traveling teams in the country. And let's talk about what this means for families in the United States as so many families are being destroyed by the sports teams that their children are now on. Here's the article from the Atlantic Monthly. Quote, the downsides of having an athlete in the family. Quote, many parents sacrifice money and time to support a child's athletic dreams to the detriment of the household. These days, middle-class families run ragged by their kids' competitive sports schedules are achingly common across America. Weekends are now devoured by tournaments and practices. Family dinners have been replaced by mandatory strength training sessions. And vacations are forever postponed. Quote, during my five years of researching and writing about youth sports for my book, Take Back the Game, I heard from so many variations of these stories and the burdens that they placed on burned out teenagers is clear. Less obvious is the effect of the relentless overtraining on the rest of the household. In the ever earlier scramble to develop their kids' athletic skills, mothers and fathers frequently find themselves giving up the integrity of the family as a whole. In my observation, this is most common among competitive club sports, which for many kids, those are traveling teams, quote, which for many kids begin during elementary school and extend through high school. All the evidence now shows that exercise in sports does benefit children, but comparatively little research exists on the cost of competitive youth sports participation to the unpaid support network that enables it, specifically the young athletes' families. What of the marriages, the siblings, the extended relatives who are pulled in or dragged along or are left out when one child takes up soccer or tennis with gusto and the parents go all in? Besides so much else, what is wrong with contemporary elite youth sports? The prohibitive costs, the erosion of fun, the epidemic of injuries, or the disrupted families should be added to the list. Quote, for parents, the financial costs alone are steep, Even when their kids aren't high-level athletes, according to a 2019 study conducted by the Aspen Institute Think Tank and Utah State University, a survey of 1,032 adults and kids who played on these recreational high school or club-level sports, Families spent an average of $693 annually for each sport the child played, and although the high price squeezed out low-income kids entirely, in households that earned less than $50,000, parents are still paying an average $475 annually per sport, and then raising a highly promising child athlete can require major financial trade-offs. A Harris Poll survey on behalf of TD America Trade queried 1,000 adults who had at least one child playing for a club on an elite competitive traveling non-school team found that 19% had to take a second job or had to work overtime or would be willing to do so in order to fund their kids' sports. In this survey, parents also reported spending an average of 12 hours each week on the child's athletic activities. In my research, I found that the biggest drain on the parent's time comes from attending sports events. One mother told me that she and her husband have eliminated what they called, quote, meaningful family vacations to afford her three daughters soccer and lacrosse expenses. One of the few academic studies exploring how youth sports affected marriages discovered a significant impact on the quality of partner communications of the seven couples interviewed all of whom had been married for at least 10 years some reported that their child's participation on an elite team had turned their family life into an endless discussion about logistics i'm skipping parts of the article cuz it's very long and i'm going to continue here's here's more of the article quote the sports psychologist jim taylor who has been counseling athletes and their families for 35 years told me that the pressure on the parents comes up constantly in his practice parents of the parents' clash, over spending and worry about the lack of attention that they devote to each other and to their other children. Family bonds become more frayed when the parent relocates with one child to advance their athletic prospects, leaving the rest of the family behind. This happens most in solo sports, such as ski racing, figures, skating, and gymnastics. Taylor said some of the parents believe that a child needs to leave home in order to get top coaching and elite competition. But then there are the brothers and sisters who often suffer what Taylor calls neglected sibling syndrome. When all of the family's attention is focused on an athletic child, for most family, the cultivation of sports means less resources for other activities or children. Jordan Blasso, a sports psychology professor at Louisiana Tech University, has studied the younger siblings of serious athletes in his research of Division I collegiate players who had earned an athletic scholarship. The younger children delighted in their siblings' successes and found that the family's focus on athletics was an agent of cohesion, and the older siblings' distant games allowed the family to travel to new places. But others resented having... To trape around the trape around in their older in their elders shadow, they bridled at being compared frequently to the family star, and they felt overlooked by the parents. All of which damaged their relationship with their older sibling. "Quote: It kind of ate me up because all of the attention that she would get." One younger sibling in the study said, in a landmark study of twelve families with varied social economic backgrounds, Annette Larue, a sociology professor at the University of Pennsylvania found that middle-class children who were ferried about from activity to activity, including not limited to sports, had uneasier relationships, uneasier relationships, with their brothers and sisters and kids living less structured lives. Children on the receiving end of concerted cultivation, Larue dubbed this frenzied approach to child rearing, appeared to be more aggressive than their siblings, sometimes making casual references to hating a brother or a sister. She speculated that it stemmed from the siblings spending so much time in activities and having limited interactions, limited interactions with the rest of the family. So I'm going to skip again part of the uh, article because it's a very long article. Um, but let, let me continue with it. Quote, in my reporting, I've often asked parents caught up in the competitive youth sports if they've ever considered withdrawing their kids from the circuit. Some told me they feel they have no choice, their child loves it, or... It would help them get into a better college or families might be strung out and split up, but they seem to be saying that no matter what, an elite elite sports family's individual athletics triumphs all else and seems to justify every household sacrifice. Linda Flanagan, a freelance writer and a high school cross-country coach, her work has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and Newsweek, and she's a regular contributor to um, uh, another site as well. So she's the author of this this article, Linda Flanagan. It's an interesting article, raises some interesting points, talks about the expense of it. I can tell you that what I've seen from the people that I know that do traveling sports teams with their kids, they're gone every weekend. They travel around the country. They have massive hotel bills, massive fast food bills because they're eating junk food all weekend. They often leave on a Friday night. They often don't get back till a Sunday afternoon. They do this weekend after weekend after weekend. And they typically bring the kid that's the athlete with them, sometimes dragging a few younger siblings along, oftentimes leaving the younger siblings with the other parent who's being neglected at home. And the effects on the marriages have been tragic. I've seen marriages break up. I've seen marriages that they stayed together, but they turned into sexless, loveless marriages. So what's the point of even calling it a marriage? And for what? So that their kids could get a little bit of an advantage in a sport early on. I don't, I don't buy it. I don't think that's healthy. It's certainly not healthy for their siblings. I don't even know that it's healthy for the athlete. And, I, and I, I don't know that it's safe if you're spending all this time on a highway driving around and in hotels. What are the odds you're going to be a victim of crime or a car crash? They increase dramatically. Let's not forget 50,000 Americans die on our roadways every single year and another half a million are critically injured. On highways, car accidents, so you put your family or your kids or part of your family in a car, start driving around the country every single weekend, what are the odds that somebody's going to fall prey to something, a car accident, a drunk driver, or in the hotel when you can't be everywhere at all times, you're surrounded by strangers, maybe there's a pedophile lurking or a criminal or a thief, you just never know in today's world, do you? But they're willing to risk it all. And then, of course, it's not just the seven or $800 it costs to join that, that traveling elite sports team every year. It's the cost of the hotels, the wear and tear on your car, the cost of your vehicle, the gasoline, the food, miscellaneous expenses. And worst of all, being away from your spouse for three days every single weekend for like six months at a time. And for what? Is a kid sitting in a car for seven hours a day traveling so they can play a one-hour game? Is that making them more physically fit? I suggest just the opposite. If your kids on a recreational sports team, they're still going to make varsity sports in your high school. And, and, and you know, and they're running around the neighborhood instead. They're playing with their friends. They're biking. They're 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 doing pickup games locally. They're getting exercise. The kids that are on recreational teams run by the schools or the park districts that play locally They're getting more exercise than the kids on the traveling elite teams because the kids on the traveling elite teams are spending their times in cars, hotels, and airports away from workout facilities. So they might travel across the country, play two or three games, and then they come back. They've had two or three hours of exercise, whereas the kids that are playing locally might have 20 or 30 hours of exercise over that same three-day period. And, of course, what does that do to the relationship with those kids With other kids, if they're traveling all the time and they're going far away on these elite traveling teams, they're not having normal friendships with kids in their neighborhood because they're not there weekend after weekend after weekend. And what does that do to their academics? If those kids at a young age are traveling six months of the year with or without the parents, sometimes they go just with the coaches. And, of course, that can lead to all kinds of sexual molestations. Haven't we seen that? But parents are still doing that. They can't make the trip. They say, coach, can you take my kid? The coach takes the kids. And the next thing you know it, your kid's been victimized. Boy, does that happen every single day. Do you really want to trust your kid with a stranger? And people go, well, I know the coach. I've known that coach for years. Yeah, do you really know him? Do you really know what his personal life is or her personal life is? No, you don't. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And and putting a kid in a hotel room or a hotel with your coach, you're taking your chances, aren't you? And then what does that do to the kid's academics? The kid can't study for exams. What, the kid is going to bring their books and their computer? Everything's on computer now. They're going to bring their computer on a three-day weekend, and what are the odds it's going to get smashed up, lost, wrecked? Or are they are just going to spend the weekend, that kid in the hotel room, lonely and away from their family and friends? They're going to watch porn and play video games, right? Are they really going to be sitting there studying for the major exam, their midterms or finals, that are, that are coming up in high school or middle school? No, not if they're traveling and they're going from place to place to place. I I don't think that's normal. I don't think it's healthy for the kids or the family. And now you're starting to see the researchers and the scientists saying the same. I have seen families break up because kids were on traveling teams. It puts a lot of pressure, not just financially, but socially on everyone in the family. So I'm suggesting it's not a good idea. It's not worth the price. That's my feeling. You may have a different one. You're entitled to your opinion. But I ask you this with the rise of elite traveling teams and the disruption that this is causing to normal family life at a time when American families are already battered and bruised. What does this mean for the decline and fall of America? I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the great misty beyond, wishing you a great day.